0: You're listening to Sermon Audio from Grace Mosaic, a congregation of the Grace DC Network in Northeast DC. For more information about our church, visit us online at gracemosaic.org. Yesterday I was going to the grocery store. I was making a Costco run, as I am prone to do when Vanessa is not at home. (laughs) Because I have to sneak out these days to go grocery shopping. It's a guilty pleasure. But as I was on my way to Costco, I saw... A man walking down the street, and he was wearing a black T-shirt with bold white letters on it that said this message: "I belong here." And for the rest of the day, I began to meditate on that message: "I belong here." And as I thought about it, uh, I, I, I thought of two different messages that are coming through those words: "I belong here." And that phrase is is. A resistance. It's, a, it's a, a sort of declaration in a world of estrangement. But it's also, it's, it's sort of a plea. I belong here. In a world and in an age where people so are made to feel their otherness. And they are pushed to the margins by people who say you are forever a stranger. You don't belong. That message, I belong here. It's meant to push against that sense of otherness. I belong here. It's also a plea. It's a plea for others to recognize you, to acknowledge you, for someone to ease the pain of your loneliness or your sense of invisibility, like no one sees you. I belong here. As the Apostle Paul brings the letter to the Romans to a close, he punctuates his teaching on the righteousness of God in the gospel with a series of teachings that the church would actually practice the righteousness of God. He wants them to see their identity as a set of practices to live up into. This is A stature to rise up into. And one oft-overlooked gem in this series of teachings comes from chapter 15, verse 7. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. He holds it up, hospitality, welcome, as a practice, an enduring practice of God's people. Paul is saying if you identify as one who has been welcomed by Christ, then it is, it is imperative that you become, you become the kind of person who welcomes others, who offers welcome. And it begins with the family of God, but it grows and overflows to anyone. In fact, the Greek word for hospitality It literally translates love of strangers. A beautiful thought. You think about it, though. The first time Adam opened his eyes and saw God's face and experienced Eve's companionship and immersed himself in the beauty of a creation untouched by sin's corruption, he thought, I belong here. And though humanity lost the reality of belonging, the fact is we have not lost the desire for belonging. So inescapable is the desire to belong that people would even advertise it on their t-shirts. I belong here. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. It sounds simple enough. Until you realize that Paul does not leave welcome open to interpretation. If you look at the text, look at the text, mark the words, as Christ has welcomed you. If he were in Texas, he would say, as Christ has welcomed y'all, because it's plural. All right. Think about this. Think about this. The, the welcome. It's, it's a whosoever. Look at the guest list of Jesus. It's a whosoever guest list. It's filled with sinners, tax collectors, prostitutes, adulterers, drunkards, gluttons, murderers, betrayers, and assassins. And that's before you get out of the pages of Scripture. On his guest list are the least of these and the littlest of these, none of whom could reciprocate or return the favor in 10,000 lifetimes. His guests were not pleasant or grateful but they were still welcomed. Yeah, that's good. So staggering is the welcome of Jesus that it seems impossible to live up into this model, doesn't it? We might immediately think something like this. How can I possibly fit this into my busy life? I have an intense job. I have kids. I have good excuses. And of course the answer is, you can't. You can't fit this into your life. But that's not what Paul's asking you to do. That's not what Paul is commanding the community of faith to do. Paul is not asking us to fit hospitality into our lives. He's saying that hospitality is an essential of the Christian life around which you build everything else. There may be other things that need to go. There may be other things that you try to fit into your life on the margins of your life if it's possible, but hospitality is not one of those things. Welcome is not one of those things because welcome is at the center of Christian identity and Christian community. It's a non negotiable. God has planted this network in this city so that we would bear witness to the grace of God in Jesus Christ and nothing bears witness like welcome. Hospitality communicates kingdom reality. Hospitality communicates kingdom reality. Jean Vanier, who just recently died, was the founder of L'Oche. Now, nah, I don't know French. I know repertoire. I, I know baguettes. Uh, I'm limited, y'all. I'm, But Lache is French for the Ark. And Jean Vanier architected this series of communities that welcome the disabled and gives them a place to live and work to do. A pioneer, a modern pioneer in, in showing Christian hospitality. And this is what he once said. He said, welcome is one of the signs that a community is alive. To invite others to live with us is a sign that we aren't afraid, that we have a treasure of truth and of peace to share. And he's right. Welcome is witness that we are alive in Christ, that we have no need to fear in Christ. We don't have to fear the other. We don't have to fear running out. We don't have to fear not knowing what to do or how to hash it out. We don't need to fear. Sharing is witness to the abundance of truth and peace we have in Christ. When we welcome the stranger, we show that we are not strangers to God. Our posture and practice of welcome shows that we intimately know God and God's ways. And mission is the result, y'all. Mission is the result of living from this identity. I have been welcomed by God. The hospitality of God has utterly altered my existence. That's why I live. And listen, our homes are so much more than private spaces for us to unwind. From the very beginning of God's community, Christian homes were sites of kingdom advancement and our tables were locales of love in extending hospitality, you may think you're saying, come over for a visit. But what your guest hears is, you're worth the effort. And isn't this what Christ said to us? In his death, in his burial, in his resurrection, in his life, in his ascension, in the outpouring of his spirit, in the promise of his return, he said, you're worth the effort. And it's from a deep, resonant, Understanding of that welcome he's extended to you that you have the resources to give yourself away to open up to the other. Listen. Many people will begin their journey to the Lord's table starting at your table. Many people may find their way back home to God through their experience in your home. This is what was so contagious about the early church. There were no church buildings. There were no foundations or nonprofits. There were Christians and their homes. And they blew the categories of the religious world at the time. Why? Because every time there was red alert in the culture, Everyone was running from the fire, but it was Christians who were running into it. Everyone else was taking care of themselves and out for self-preservation, but it was Christians who were free to not care about themselves, to forget themselves, because they could have a mind full of the other knowing God had a mind full of them. This was the witness of the church, and this is the explanation for why the church became what it became. And it's also the explanation for why Our witness has been blunted in this age, because we have become captives to powers of this age. Jesus, in so many words, said, fight the power. And Christians have said, "Okay, we'll fight for power. And Jesus said, that's not what I said. The way we fight the powers of the age, the way we cut against the grain of this world is by opening up and saying, whosoever will come in through the doors of this place, whoever would come through the doors of my house, whoever would swing their legs under my table is welcome. And that's when Jesus becomes beautiful and believable. That's when witness becomes so much more powerful. And here's a quick caution. We don't practice hospitality because it will enhance our image or grow our church we don't signal virtue we don't do it for what it can accomplish or for any utilitarian or mercenary purposes we are called to hospitality because it's at the very center of our union with christ it's at the center of our story of rescue y'all because listen every christian knows that if God had given us what we deserve and had cast us into the furnace of his wrath, the only thing that we could have said was this, I belong here. I belong here. But the wonder of the gospel is that we have been accepted in the beloved We have been brought into the kingdom. We've been ushered into God's presence. We've been seated at the Lord's table by the costly hospitality of Jesus Christ. And it's by his grace and goodness that we can now say without reservation or hesitation, I belong here. I belong here in his love. I belong here in union with Christ. I belong caught up into the mix of inner trinitarian love. This is where I belong. And it's now our calling and responsibility. To live among our neighbors with such love and grace, extending such hospitality, that they would walk into our homes and say, I belong here. That they would walk through the doors of our churches and say, I belong here. And that by God's grace, they might just walk into the kingdom and say, I belong here. Not as an act of resistance against a calloused church, nor as a plea to a tone deaf church but as an affirmative echo of the message they have heard from us regarding the character of the Father and the kindness of the Son and the calling of the Spirit. Here's the last thing I want to say. I'm coming to a close. (laughs) The last thing we must remember is this. Once you have looked into the gospel and have seen Jesus as your host, you must look into the faces of people and see Jesus as your guest. I'm going to say that again. Once you have looked into the gospel and have seen Jesus as your host, you must look into the faces of people and see Jesus as your guest. Knowing that as you welcome them, you are welcoming him. He said in Matthew 25, as you did it to the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. On that day, When we stand before him, he's going to ask us the question. He's going to separate the sheep from the goats on the basis of what we did with Jesus as he showed up in the form of the people around us. It's not about your quiet time or how much theology, you know, it's about what you did with Jesus in the form of the people around you. Think about it. Name it. It even shows up with the little people running around this church. When the Cheerios are spilled. (laughs) Jesus, what you doing knocking the Cheerios over? You might slow down a little bit. When you're walking down the street, hey, could you help me get something to eat? Jesus, I got a busy schedule right now. I got work to do. Hey, I'm feeling really lonely. I need someone to help me. You know, Jesus, I I just can't deal with you right now. How we treat the lived, real people in our lives is how we treat Jesus. Let us see the opportunity to welcome Christ in the faces around us. And if we do that, we will truly bear witness to what God is about in the gospel. Let's love our crooked neighbors with our crooked hearts. Amen? Let's pray.